This is the Yoga 360 Podcast. We bring you knowledge, inspiration, and resources to help you live your best life. We connect with students, teachers, and experts from the community to both educate and have fun conversations from the heart. If you enjoy the benefits of yoga, value your health and well-being, and enjoy connecting with others, you're in the right place. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Yoga 360 Podcast. I am Steve Cotton. I'm Karen Amy. Tonight, Karen and I are going to be doing another shorter posture-based episode, and the posture tonight is Warrior 3. Yeah, so we're at Warrior 3. We have already done Warrior 1 and 2. You don't need to listen to the first two to understand this one. It's not sequential like that, but they are grouped together uh, in the yoga world. But I do recommend you go back and listen to it because it'll uh, drive our our listenership up. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) All right, so what is Warrior 3? So again, I'll pretend I'm teaching it, and I'm going to... I'm going to pretend I'm teaching it in a way that Bikram yogis will recognize this. So come to the back of your mat. Oh, so I won't. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Come to the back of your mat. Raise your arms above your head. Take a big step forward with your right foot and then float your left leg up as you bring your upper body down. So you're making a letter T with your body. Okay. Yeah. No broken umbrellas here. You are a proud letter T, meaning you have a straight line from your foot through the tips of your fingers, in theory. Mm-hmm. Now, I have heard that before. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I like to practice when, often when I teach this posture, I come into it from a high lunge instead. So if you're in a high lunge with your right leg forward, for instance, I would tell you to bend more into your right leg, come up onto your tippy tippy toes of your back leg, kind of hop your foot forward a little bit, and then reach your arms forward as you hinge at your hips and straighten the front leg, straighten the back leg. So you make that same T-shape with your body. Okay. So what is it similar to? So it's similar to balancing stick (laughs) in the Bikram practice. It's the same posture, basically. I'm going to blow everyone's mind a little bit here, and I'm going to say it's also similar to Tadasana, mountain pose, which is a standing posture. Mm -hmm. Little controversial opinion, but when you think about it, in mountain pose, you have a neutral pelvis, your legs are straight, your arms are straight. Warrior three really isn't that different. So if you picture being in Tadasana, if you lift your right leg up so that your right leg is straight and your right heel sticks straight out from your right hip, sticks straight out in front of you, and your arms stretch long and straight overhead, as far as your body's concerned, that's the same posture as where you're three, hmm. right? Yeah. You're doing it in a different way. You're probably engaging different muscle groups into different degrees, but it's the same shape. Yeah. And to our listening audience, I'm staring away in the, into the distance <laughs> with a thousand yard stare trying to uh, comprehend what Karen just said. And, and he does agree with me. Hmm. <laughs> he kind of wants to try uh. it now. <laughs> Yeah. So that in a nutshell is warrior three. You're making a letter T shape with your body and you're balancing on one foot while you do so. So what is the pose targeting? Like a lot. Yeah, I would think so. I don't know if this is just for me. I, I know... I know everyone needs to in this posture, but for me, it's mostly about my back and core strength, right? You, so in Tadas, just like in Tadasana, it takes a little work to make your pelvis straight and make your spine straight and mm-hmm. keep things engaged. And that's even more so when we're not standing up straight, when our, our torso is parallel to the mat, okay. right? So which way are the headlights pointing? <laughs> in this one, both headlights are pointing towards the top of your mat, oh, okay. believe it or not. Yeah. If you don't get that reference, I suggest you listen to the previous short. Yes, exactly. Warrior two. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, you're doing a lot of work through the torso, through the spine, through your core. There 
there's like concentric and eccentric engagement here. Your back muscles are so strong. Um, you need to use your abs to prevent your um, lumbar spine from having a back bend. So from having a back bend in your lower back, mm-hmm. um, your shoulders are abducted. So like your, sh- your arms are reaching above your head. You're using your shoulder strength, your arm strength. Um, a lot of us are going to be using neck strength here to keep our neck strong instead of letting our head just fall down towards the mat. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you're making a straight line from your tailbone through the crown of your head. So that takes mu- neck strength as well. Mm-hmm. I- I'm going to stop and clarify here. I said strength, not tension. There are no neck tensing postures in yoga, like ever. Don't tense your neck. Strong and tense are different things. Okay. Um, so yeah, a lot through the upper body, through the core. But in the lower body, of course, there's work too in your standing leg, mostly, I'd say. Um, you have to use your quad muscles to lift your kneecap up up you need to root down through all four corners of your standing leg so that you have strong roots and then you're doing a lot of work in the back leg as well theoretically i think traditionally in most traditions in warrior three your foot should be flanted okay can you (laughs) can you give us a breakdown of what flanted means yeah i said flanted before we started recording and steven's like i've never heard that word before and I don't. I still don't really believe you. I feel like we talk I, about it a I, lot. <laughs> I still think you're speaking a different language. <laughs> so, pointed is a smooshing together of two works, flexed and pointed. When you flex your foot, it's just the same shape as when you're standing on the ground. Yeah. So your ankle is okay. bent. Um, when you point your toes, it's like a ballerina foot. You're one straight line from your toe all the way up to your leg. <laughs> I'm glad you you're using references that I can understand. <laughs> <laughs> and then pointed is a mix of the two. Um, so your foot is your foot is pointed your your ankle is not bent and if it is it's not bent a lot but your toes are flexed okay okay uh so that takes a lot of engagement and strength and also just messes with my brain a little bit it does because i'm trying to do it right now and it's me like, too it's it, it the way i can describe it uh, you know because i'm using my right foot it's like it's like almost like a cramping gas pedal yeah And if it's cramping, you're probably using muscles that you haven't used for a while, hey? (laughs) So this might be your sign to play with a flointed foot in Mm. a posture, friends. (laughs) Start flointing. Start flointing, yes. (laughs) Flointed if you got it. (laughs) So traditionally in this posture, your foot should be flointed, and that does involve muscle engagement. Um, I think also as well, there's more hip strength required in this posture than we think about. A lot of people in lifting their back leg up will start to lift their hip up more when in reality most of us could lower that hip down and lift the leg up more for better alignment all of that takes muscle strength all of that takes a really good understanding of where your body is in space and just time and practice so any contraindications any reasons why anybody shouldn't be doing this pose I mean, shoulders come to mind because traditionally your arms are lifted overhead. Um, I would say anyone with sort of really extreme back issues, maybe not for you, because it does take a lot of strength and it would be really easy to collapse and maybe exacerbate that. Uh, Knee issues might be difficult for you to balance on one leg if you have knee issues. High blood pressure might be another thing that might make this posture uncomfortable for you. Oh, okay. Because of the kind of your... You're changing your posture, right? Yeah. And your head's coming down, yeah. down below. Yeah, exactly. So uh, that might be a reason to avoid it. Um, and anything that is sort of 
causing some imbalances in your body because your relationship with the ground is changing a lot it all of a sudden becomes a lot more difficult to make sure your hips are parallel yeah Mm -hmm. it becomes a lot more difficult to make sure that your chest isn't open your shoulders aren't opening so if you're in a place where it's really hard for you to do that standing straight up um, then I would suggest maybe you take a gentler approach to warrior three uh, take a couple different modifications for instance maybe you don't lift your back foot off the ground maybe you make one straight line from your right heel to your fingertips but uh, you know you don't lift your foot so your body's on a bit of an angle focus on leveling your hips on keeping your spine neutral on keeping your core engaged your arms reaching and you're still doing a lot of work Mm -hmm. yeah it's just you're not completely balancing so lots different ways you can do this um Another way that I like to modify this is maybe with blocks underneath my hands on the ground in front of me on the highest setting. Uh, My spine won't be perfectly neutral and straight, like that will cause me to be at a bit of an angle, but that's okay. Um, You know, if you don't like reaching your arms over your head or if that's not accessible for you today, you can even bring your hands into prayer in your chest, Uh, a few different variations. We'll we'll circle back to more variations later, but there's so many ways to make this posture work for you. Mm -hmm. So don't give up on it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. 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 The modifications that I like to do with this one is sometimes not even doing the posture at all. (laughs) <laughs> it, it, it's not a not a secret that, that, that this is not one of my favorite postures. Well, I mean, you guys know me by now. I would hope, and and my answer is always that is a perfectly reasonable, valid alternative it's, to any. It's very valid. Yes, <laughs> it is very valid. But I would say, you know, there's a way to make this posture work for you if you want to get something from it. There's mm-hmm. way a way to make child's pose a hard posture. You know, you can take work. You can find effort in any posture you want to. Um, if you want your your practice to be more about working out, more about strengthening your body, if there's a posture that you just can't do, but you still want to milk every second of strength you can from your practice. I don't know why I just snapped. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> but we can, we can do that for you. Chat with your teacher after class. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. So you mentioned some variations. Do you want to get into those? Yeah. So first I'll say that when I teach this posture, I almost always either instruct toes pointed or uh, foot flexed. Almost always. I I have never used the word flointed when I'm teaching, at least partially, because it's difficult for me to wrap my head around it when I'm sitting here talking about it. It's very much more difficult to do when I'm actually practicing, and more so if I'm practicing and teaching. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so maybe one day I'll get into flointing, maybe tomorrow, who knows? <laughs> <laughs> but I usually will say pointing or flexing your feet. They yeah. both do subtly different things in your body, and both are totally valid. I find that if someone's hips are really, really out, um, sometimes flexing your foot helps you to bring a little more awareness back to your body so that you can level your hips a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, it engages some different muscle groups in your floating leg, and that might help you. Um, another way I love to practice this posture is by putting the sole of my floating foot against the wall behind me. Oh, okay. That's interesting. Yeah. And that helps you learn to press your foot back okay. into yeah. the wall. Yeah. And I, I could see it giving you a lot more stability yeah, as well, too. Right? It totally does. And you wouldn't think it does because it's not like you're leaning against the wall. Uh, it's just you're literally pressing your foot back into the wall. Hmm. You're not balancing, but it really helps you to engage the correct muscle groups. This sounds like a TikTok video. It does sound like a TikTok video, yeah. <laughs> so it helps you to engage the correct muscle groups. Um, and to think also about not letting your foot your floating foot drift towards your standing leg so by that i mean a big tendency i see with a lot of students is to 
close off their hips like that, your right leg should be, your floating leg should be straight back behind you. Okay. okay. And most people let their foot float over towards their left hip more. Oh, okay. I yeah. kind of thought you were talking about letting the back leg drop. No, not letting it no. float. That happens too. But yeah, what I'm talking about. Something completely different than what you're talking that about. That completely different. Yeah. So even if you are in a perfect letter T, you know, like your arms are straight in front of you, your legs are back behind you, sometimes your floating leg will drift towards the hip of your standing leg. There we go. That's a better way to say that. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And so you really want to focus on bringing your floating foot a little bit wider. And that, again, makes it easier to make sure your hips are parallel to the that and mm. not sort of jerking out of place yeah okay. <laughs> uh, so I really like that one so Bikram yogis will know another variation of this is to interlace your fingers release your index fingers and point them towards the top of your mat uh, this is a variation that you know will just focus sh- shift your focus shift your drishti but also engages slightly different muscle groups and might give you something to hang on to uh, you know you're not actually holding on to anything but when you're resisting your hands against each other and squeezing 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 mm-hmm. maybe that will help you find a little lightness elsewhere in your body yeah i can see that happening yeah um so you could try that um Another nice variation from this one would be to find a back bend, you know, bring your chest closer towards the mat, open your arms up towards the side, and then arms come back by towards your hips, mm. you know, so you're flying, <laughs> you're flying on mm-hmm. your standing leg here. Right. Not technically warrior three, but it's fun. I also really like to teach this posture with eagle arms. Okay. Because as we've determined, I'm not the nice one at the studio. This makes it a lot more difficult. So how I would instruct us into that is maybe from eagle posture. So if you're in eagle posture and your right arm is under your left arm and your left leg is over top of your right leg, head straight into this posture by straightening your bottom leg as you lift your top leg up, send it back behind you, keep your arms in eagle arms and find that T-shape with your upper body. Except your arms are still in eagle arms. Yeah, you're definitely not the nice one. <laughs> definitely not. <laughs> but it's doable. Like, I've seen people do it, mm-hmm. and, and it's something to work towards, and it's, it's just fun. It's fun to try something new that takes a heck of a lot of strength and challenges your body in a new and interesting way. I see, I see that one taking a lot of, a lot of strength. You know, I'm going to make you try this. And and a lot of confidence, I think. You know, I'm going to make you try this after we stop recording now, right? Yeah. (laughs) We have fun, guys. Um, so that's one of my favorite, favorite variations to teach as well. And I also really like to use this posture as a jumping off point to go into half moon. I think it's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. And when I say half moon, I'm talking vinyasa half moon, not the Bikram half moon. So vinyasa half moon is when your bottom leg is straight. So I'm just going to teach it. <laughs> Why am I struggling with this? Let's just teach it. So if you're a warrior three, your right leg is straight standing on your right leg your left leg is long and straight behind you your hips are parallel level to the mat your arms are straight in front of you i would tell you to bring your right hand to a block underneath your right shoulder and then open your chest up as you open your hips up almost like you're opening up a book and then your left arm reaches towards the ceiling your left leg is straight back behind you and that's half moon posture and i also really like to teach it going from warrior three to half moon back to warrior three and maybe in and out of that to really help the body understand how to engage 
not just the core, but a lot through the hips. This takes so much hip strength in both the standing legs and your glutes and the glutes of your floating leg to keep that stability as you're going through those ranges of motion. Mm -hmm. No, I really like half moon and I think it's just because I have that added stability with the ground. Yeah. That's not present in Warrior 3. Yeah. And I mean, you can practice half moon with your hands in prayer at your chest. Yeah, um, I don't. You can practice <laughs> Warrior 3 with your hands on blocks. <laughs> These things are options. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think those are most of the variations that we practice and teach a lot here, but there okay. are so many more to this one. And I think Warrior 3 is a really important posture to at least play with because it does strengthen like everything. And it's pretty accessible given that it is a neutral posture in your hips neutral through the chest um you know it and and you can come into it from a slightly more gentle space maybe with a chair based on blocks maybe you don't lift your back leg off the ground at all you just work on straightening your body one straight line from your toes to the tips of your fingers um you know you get that letter t one day mm-hmm. yeah one thing i experienced with this and kind of i would say is similar to a lot of the other balancing postures the, that I don't like. Um, I, I notice a lot of fatigue happening in my standing leg. Interesting, which which makes sense. It's doing a big, big job. Do you notice at any particular place in your leg? Uh, the hip joint. Yeah. The hip joint and also more towards the actual foot. So mm. I'm going to say the ankle and pro- probably my heel. Yeah. That's true. I used to get this a lot in the ankle, especially if there were a lot of postures strung together. Mm-hmm. And I'm much better balancing on my right leg than I am my left. Yeah, makes sense. Right? Yeah. I think there's some structural skeletal yeah. issues. <laughs> <laughs> it, it is hard, I will say. Um, I've gotten a lot better with that, especially with my ankle. I used to not be able to do, like, if I did Warrior Two an extended side angle, I would not be able to balance on my front leg. Mm-hmm. Um, now I can. I can go through four or five postures, and I'm okay. Um, so it does get better with time, I would say, if you're practicing intentionally and mindfully, as long as you don't have some sort of injury or exacerbating factor. Mm-hmm. Um, but I notice it, too, in my hip joints and my knees. And I guess my advice to you would be to just keep sticking with it because fatigue is okay as long as you're still maintaining proper alignment, proper engagement. It just means your body's working and it's okay. learning how to do those things. And yeah. that's why you're here. Yeah. One thought I just had, um, would the material that the floor is kind of play a little bit of a factor into it as well too like if you have a harder floor as opposed to a softer floor where you're actually able to sink in a little bit yeah right that's going to affect your uh, your your balancing on that standing leg yeah exactly and we've um in the last six months or so i'd say had a lot of new students come to our studio who previously practiced at other studios and the first thing most of them say is i can't balance on your floor because we have a bit of a we have a soft floor here it's cushy it's softer than most most yoga studios, correct? Yeah, some okay. studios have straight up hardwood floors. Because yeah. <laughs> to, to me, being a judo and martial arts guy, this is not soft. Oh, this is not soft interesting. At all. <laughs> yeah. So comparatively to other yoga studios, often other yoga studios will have a hard hard floor, um, or even one that's just a bit softer than ours. Ours is quite soft, and it does. And what we say to them, and I think what's true, is it helps you be stronger. And I've noticed this when I'm out and about at other studios practicing. I all of a sudden I can balance a lot better than I thought I could because my muscles are already trained to balance and engage and support my foot, support my hip, support my knee when I'm on a cushy floor. 
mm-hmm. and my my roots, my foot is not necessarily flat. It's I, I'm I'm having to use my strength to keep my foot yeah, stable. Would there be more compensation happening with a softer floor? It's possible. Um, I don't think on our floor the compensations are enough to be concerned about as long as you have no exacerbating factors. Um, but you might want to try practicing this posture in the lobby or the hallway and see how things are different for you. Maybe it's a bit easier. Yeah. Maybe it's a bit more difficult. Um, and it may just help you refine the shape a little bit so that when you come back into the room with a bit of a softer floor or maybe a bit of a thicker mat, some students have really thick, soft mats. Yeah, because yeah, that's a hard. factor. Yeah, too, right? yeah, it's a really difficult so experiment with that it might make all the difference in your posture yeah (laughs) okay cool I think that's about all we have to say about Warrior 3, hey? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> so thus concludes our Warrior journey, I Our Warrior say. series. Yeah, we'll talk, we talked about 1, 2, and 3, but if there's another posture you'd like to hear a short on, if there's a topic you'd like to hear us talk on a more in-depth level about, we'd love to do that for you. Hit us up and hope to hear from you soon. Yeah, please, please let us know. Yeah, and before then, have a wonderful rest of your night. Yeah, thanks everyone. <laughs> have a good night.